You're listening to the Stay at Home Order, podcast by nerds and stoners for nerds and stoners. If you're enjoying the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. We need your help to grow and keep the content flowing. I'm not even fucking sure what accent this is. You can also reach out on the socials at Stay Home Pod or show at StayHomeCast.com. Remember, follow the smell of smoke and stay safe. Stay home. It's like, like, well, fucking. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Stay at Home Order Presents High Fantasy. Derek, are you high fantasy? Oh, I'm so high fantasy. So I will be our dungeon master for this evening as we attempt to pull these something together, some semblance of coherent thoughts for at least a couple hours. So excited. Um, so why don't you guys take a second to introduce yourselves? Or rather, your characters. Ooh, okay. I'll go first. I am a tiefling paladin. Um, well, I shouldn't say I am. My guy is a tiefling paladin. His name is Astaroth. And, uh, you know, I, some of you uh, D&D nerds may think that's a little strange that uh, a tiefling is a paladin. But he, 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 he was, a, he was a, a tiefling that had a rough life growing up. His village he was in. You know, his uh, his village was raided. They took all the children, put them into slavery. Uh, but he found a very nice family of uh, of paladins that, that took him in and kind of raised him as their own. They were, they were all paladins? Yes. <laughs> Why are you laughing? The whole family of paladins. <laughs> no, no. It wasn't, there, wasn't like, there wasn't like mom paladin, dad. You know what? I think I got a little Mama too high paladin, uh, before we're doing this. But there, it was not a whole... Baby paladin. And, and that was a baby paladin. <laughs> Fuck you guys. God damn it. No, it was a it, it uh, a house. House of paladins. But it wasn't just a house. Like it was... You know what I mean, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, so so my guy is on the quest to uh, prove himself to his family, to his house, and uh, go on these adventures. So super excited to do so. Blade, you want to talk about your boy? Oh, yeah. All right. Sure. Um, well, I have uh, uh, brought to the table a gentleman by the name of uh, Balrock, Crazy Horse, uh uh, my, 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 my Sharona. Uh, he's uh, he's a uh, Wait, a Goliath. Can you yeah. say his full Bull- name again for the record, Perfect please? Name. Yeah, his, his full his full name is Bullrock Crazy Horse. My, 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 my Sharona. Great. Okay. So it's it's really important to understand that that there's a there's like a, an acceptable format for goliath names and so there's there's three parts to their name right there's their the birth name that's given to them at their birth by their parents right and then there's a nickname that's bestowed upon them generally by like members of the the clan you know maybe at like their coming of age or something and right and then there's their clan name Right. And what's important about the clan name is it has to be it's like a minimum of five syllables in length and it has to end in a vowel. Right. So that's that's his full name. Right. We can just call him Bullrock. No, I, I love his full name. I think you should actually uh, 
refer to him by full name when you say his just name. Just all the time. It's actually almost too mm-hmm. much of a mouthful. And so... Uh, I've heard that mouth go. Yeah. I think you got it in you. Well, I, I appreciate... The vote kind of, words. Constant confidence and yeah, kind of words. Absolutely. Yeah. So Bullrock <laughs> is, uh, um, you know, um, as a uh, Goliath, uh, he's he's a he's a big dude, um, bigger than most, you know, tip tip in the scales at 300 plus uh, over seven foot, you know, uh, over seven foot tall. And so uh, he's a big guy. Right. And and by Goliath standards, an accomplished oh combatant. Um, and uh, a proud member of his clan, but uh, ever the uh, intelligent one, at least by Goliath standards, right? Because they're not uh, renowned for their smarts. Um, he uh, is a forward thinker and has decided that despite clan tradition, right, of kind of like staying close to home and filling your role and carrying your weight at the homestead, He's decided to, uh, in the interest of of bettering his clan and his progeny and ensuring the, uh, you know, ongoing of his race, has decided to venture out and learn about other, uh, you know, races and, and the, their ways of life and, and interest of, uh, you know, forming alliances and what have you. And so in his journey, he is... Uh, had it uh that put it into his brain that he would become uh, a ranger having already mastered all of the the forms of combat you know that a goliath would need to know he has decided to shift gears and is uh, uh now a, a ranger which makes for some interesting concepts considering his size um but just the same this guy this guy sounds like he parties he's venturing out Right. Yeah. He's, he's really just not, yeah. He's not into anybody trying to fuck with his vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, he, he's, he's just looking for other like-minded adventures for cat. Ca- it's really a coming of age uh, story you know, is, is what I'm gathering. Getting out for the first time. So yeah, he likes to get laid mm-hmm. and he, he already knows how to smash and fuck. And what else <laughs> do you need to do? Let's learn how to be a ranger. I bet you him and Astroth would smoke a lot of weed together. I'm I'm fairly certain that uh, my my paladin smokes weed because it's natural, and uh, you know I don't think it mm-hmm. goes against his god's will. So um, yeah, I bet you my guy tucks up. Yeah did you did you not like make that part of his like possessions mm-hmm. and stuff? No, should have. That's yeah. My my personal possessions brought to the the table are uh, a small glass smoking pipe of considerable thickness obviously created by a master craftsman Ooh. and a substantial bag of smoking flour of the highest quality yeah that okay. sack of weed. follow that up with an enchanted flint and steel that throws spark under any condition ah uh, yeah dude astroth is definitely hanging out with you 100 so i do have those things just in case I, I you know my my you know he was he was born and raised in the mountains and and you know Spends the majority of his life at above twenty thousand feet. He's so already high. You you gotta have that magic flint and steel to make sure that you're getting a spark when you need it the most. Mm-hmm. Fair. Gotta get that spark. Fair story. I like your guy. I I just met him and I already like him. God damn mm-hmm. it. Good storytelling, Blade. He's excited. I'm just gonna put my wizard hat on. Oh my god, he's actually and got a fucking gonna... wizard hat. There we go. 
Oh, that's oh yeah. dude, I'm getting excited now. It just became real when he put the fucking hat on. <laughs> We're doing this. Yep. Listen in, motherfucker. So you guys are buddy buddy. Yeah. Uh hanging out. And um Astaroth, you've kind of learned that there's some trouble going on in a nearby town. Um the church in the area. Th- seems to think that there's some evil taking over a nearby forest uh funnily enough funnily where you <laughs> i'll go with word. it I, I know it's funny enough yeah <laughs> yeah take weeds the devil wait for the hat to fall off devil's lettuce the golden beaver wood is a beautiful forest where leaves shimmer with an iridescence and birds sing the most cheerful tune as time marches on and the forest stays as if it were the most glorious spring, this year something has changed. As winter approaches, the leaves have grown dark and have begun to fall. Brackish waters pool and newly formed swamps and take over where the cheerful wildlife once was. People of the nearby village fear that some evil has slain the last unicorn and has corrupted the forest. The church fears that an unnatural evil is encroaching on them and taking over the forest for themselves, and that no natural creature outright kills a unicorn. An increasing number of wolf sightings have people on edge. Livestock and people alike have been taken and left only a grisly pile of evidence. The church has sent you out, Astaroth, on behalf of them. You are going to vanquish or banish all evil and you've decided to bring your smoking buddy balrog uh along for the ride and he he's a perfect companion to try to track down these these would-be creatures that might be uh causing all this havoc so you've made your way out to these enchanted woods and it's been a long hike but you find yourself surrounded with all these dead and starting to decay trees in the not so distance between the trees you can see that there's this large cottage uh as the sun slowly sets behind the building you can hear these low groans coming from behind you on all sides you can see the door of this cabin fly open there's a very svelte man he just looks out at you with this kind of uh surprise and shock and he starts waving for you to start uh coming towards the building what do you guys want to do so wait there's so we're we're we've just come into these these woods that are now have become like once beautiful and are now decrepit right and we see this cabin and the sun is coming down, and, and, and with the setting of the sun, we can hear around and behind us. It's like... It's some ghoulish moans and groans, some spooky nighttime and, sounds. And the door of this cabin that we see in the not-so-far-off distance flies open and outsteps this, what, handsome gentleman? Yeah, he's very, like, Bowie-esque. Uh, you can see that he's regularly tall man mm-hmm. um, skinny wearing kind of uh, drapey clothes like he's got a cloak um, and he's waving for you to come towards him does he have any markings or anything like 
uh, on his clothing that would indicate any affiliations. Um, go ahead and grab a d20. Got it. Your big, your biggest die with the twenty sides. Okay, and then you're gonna roll that for uh, investigation. I rolled an eight. Uh, total is an eight. You kind of scan his clothes, and they don't seem to have any markings on them. He looks to be of a, like a student or somebody who would be at a college. Okay. Well. I mean, I, I I don't know about Astaroth, but I myself, considering the look of this gentleman, do not immediately feel him to be a threat to my well-being, but I'm not overly excited about the uh, groans and moans from the unknowns behind me and around me, so I'm going to go I'm going to go to that guy's direction, head towards the door. <clears throat> Balrock, are you just starting like a sprint uh, going towards the door? Um Astroth, are you just kind of standing in place for right now? So Astroth is looking around at the surroundings, and he's basically scanning the area to make sure that there's no danger surrounding uh, this house. Go ahead and roll. Yeah, go ahead and roll a, a d20, okay. and then you're you're gonna add your per, uh, perception. It should be under uh, wisdom. Oh man, it's been a minute. So if it's wisdom, I have a plus one modifier, plus 14 roll. So 15. Okay. You can see that currently there are a couple of shapes coming from the sides of you. They're humanoid and they're ambling very slowly. Um, but you can hear multiple other sounds coming from the distance as well as other directions. To protect my friend... As he approaches the young person cloaked, I I make my way towards the shadows, unsheathing my weapon just to to let them know that I am armed and uh, showing signs of uh, aggression if they were to provoke. Okay, so you have like a defense stance. Are you going to say anything? Are you going to shout at these creatures or are you just kind of doing this silently? No, I'm more defensive. I'm waiting for their move. Okay. As I watch them, just scanning, I'm I'm basically defending uh, Balrock as he goes and in- investigates uh, the man at the cabin. Okay, Balrock. By the time this is all uh, happening, you're upon the door, and the man's like, "I would get inside if I were you. Get your friend would be great. An idea that I think if he wants to live, he's he's kind of coming at this very nervously." Okay, so I'm with the the uh, student-looking guy at the front of the house, and he's, like, anxious for me to get Astaroth and get into the house as quickly as possible, right? Yeah, you guys really should get in the house. It was probably the safest idea for anybody. And he is he's just obviously, like, really concerned about our well-being because of the crowd that's accumulating outside. Yeah, he seems to know a little something of what's going on. I think... That. Jesus. Astaroth is basically. <laughs> oh, shit. He's basically like what? Just only steps away from where we were at the start, standing in the woods by himself like an idiot with his weapon drawn. Yeah, you look back and he's like in a defensive stance, and you can see now that there are these decaying humanoid bodies crawling and slowly walking out of the woods towards Astaroth. 
So they look almost like undead ghouls of sorts, then. Some have their jaws clean ripped off and dangling by the, the few sinewy bits connecting. They have others that are just, like, completely disemboweled with their guts just tripping them, and they keep falling and stumbling as they walk towards you, hungry. Badass. Well, I think that uh, in the interest of keeping the party together, I sprint to Astroth's location and grab him and drag him back to the house. All right. Can I do both of those in one move? You can grab him, but you're going to have to... Well, I'll tell you what. Go ahead and both of you guys roll me a d20 to see how fast you can get out of that situation. So I rolled a 19. I rolled a 14. You got this. Both of you guys were rolled well enough that Balrog, you just scooped your arm underneath uh, Estroth's as he's holding that sword and you just kind of pull on him. And he he's like... It's my best friend. I know exactly what he's telling me. Almost like we can read each other's minds. And you run back into the cabin. And the the svelte man, he has a fire poker that he sticks in between the door. And he tries to, like, throttle it in there. And he's just like, you guys okay? Well, so we're in the house now. I have to quickly, even though, even though there was that, like, that quick telepathic nod, like, bro nod. When I when I scooped you up like that, not trying to step on anybody's dick, and I appreciate you going to going to blade for me that quick. But I like I, like I said, I, I quickly assessed him as as a low threat, and made a snap judgment to get our asses into this house for fear of, you know, what I may have actually suspected from the start, because uh, un, unbeknownst to to you gentlemen, Bullrock has experience in in battling undead humanoids, uh, and so you know. Wanted to get to a safe space and uh, assess the situation and make a game plan. You enter through the foyer and you can see on the floor there's streaks of blood leading into the next room as if something had been dragged at some point recently. Inside there's a nice sitting area and you actually see quite a few things. To your left and right of the entrance are two suits of armor. Beyond that, in the center of the room, you can see that there is a candelabra. There's lights still burning. The candles are quite short. Uh, Also in the room is a somewhat large kind of cuckoo clock, a wooden carved clock that's a pretty focal piece of the room. From there, you can see a short set of stairs and then also a couple of other doorways leading south, west, and east. You see that there's also several people gathered around here. This felt elf is coming up behind you, and he mutters again about whether or not somebody's been bit. And you can see that there's a girl sitting on the floor and she's wearing uh, what looks like a, like a night dress or nightgown. And it's just spattered with a spray of blood right up the center. It seems as though there was a wave that just struck at some point. She's got this blank look on her face and she seems to be in shock. You see also another family of humans, a mom, dad, and a child laid out on the floor in the other corner of the room. There's another tall 
very pale gray and green skinned half orc poking around looking in other rooms you can see moving about very nervously and once again the 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 one elven man pops into the room and he's just like this is this is everybody we've seen out here we've got everybody that we could from where where did you guys come from i'm gonna uh i'm gonna go ahead and politely ask him with a hearty shove not to look at me or touch me too closely (laughs) i uh still have my guard up (laughs) i'm so high (laughs) the dad comes in and just cuts everybody off he's like there's no fucking way i'm doing this he raises his crossbow and he aims it right at astaroth there's no fucking way that devil's coming in here how close am i to this guy it's a quick jump if you wanted to move uh 20 feet uh, I'd like to uh, immediately jump to this guy's location and disarm him without hurting him too bad. Go ahead and make a uh, dexterity check. So you're going to roll your d20 and then you're going to add your dexterity modifier to that. Rolled 18 plus 1. Okay. Oh! Oh fuck! We're in trouble. We're in. For, we're in trouble. You didn't disarm him then. Um, oh no, Derek. I'm gonna have you make uh, a dexterity check as well because I just rolled a natural twenty. Okay. Um, unfortunately, my dexterity is negative one, but I rolled an eighteen. So Balrog, you jump up and grab this this crossbow from this man, but as soon as you grab it, he pulls the trigger and the bolt goes off straight towards Astaroth. You you definitely duck your head down and the bolt goes into the the side of the heart straight into just a plank of wood. I knew he was quick. I knew he was quick, and so I went for it anyways. It's like you fucking you this giant guy too, get the fuck out of my face. Trying to get my kid and my wife safe in here, man. Oh, is he from Jersey? I'm from the shore. Like <laughs> Perfect. I think that uh we might uh, stare him down and intimidate him a bit and uh, let him know that now that uh, the two of us are here, we'll be uh, calling the shots until we figure out what the hell is going on. All right. Are you going to do uh, a group intimidation check then to see if you can get him uh, kind of scared into submission? What do you think we should do? Or should we come at him with di- diplomacy, Astroth? Hey, man, Astroth is here to fuck. Uh, I, can, I can tell you one thing. Astaroth doesn't stand down to uh, to bad people. Well, so he's coming at us with aggression, man. We need to we need to seize um, the situation. We need to we need to take order. You know that that's yeah that's true. I was just Bal Bal Balrock is his his inner barbarian. The Goliath side of him says yes. We should we should definitely just stare this motherfucker down. But the side of him that's pursuing mastery of of the ranger class is kind of like you know maybe we should maybe we should use a a touch of finesse okay so astroth regains his composure after dodging the bolt that um, nearly hit his his head as he ducked out of the way he looks over he does a quick glance around the room sees the family lying there realizes they're not much of a threat at this point as well as the dying girl on the ground, um, apparently in shock. 
he then weighs his options as the only threat in the room is this guy who is trying to keep him from coming in the room without any of aggression. He pulls out, he quickly moves towards the man with the crossbow, pulling out his sword and performing a smite swing on the uh, crossbow to damage it beyond use. So you're gonna, you're just gonna swing at this guy to like cut the crossbow in half? Yeah, because I wanted dis I wanted to disarm him. No, I thought you weren't able to get it. Isn't it in my hand? Yeah, he he like moved it so oh. like he, it was. Yeah, he. I don't so know you, if I swiped it from him or if I just pushed it out of the way. Yeah, let's just say you like he shot it off and then you grabbed it and you're like, not cool, dude. You snack it up. Okay. So since the situation, <laughs> so yeah, I've got the crossbow in my hands, all right. No. So you just dared just ran over there and s s smashed it out of my hands. I smite the man. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not gonna smite him. Now that he's disarmed, Astroth will not be doing any smiting. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> I scan the situation. Okay. Now that I know that Bullrock has uh, handled. So so when that when that throw happened and he lost it, I, I immediately assumed that he didn't retrieve the crossbow when it went off. Um, I didn't realize that you actually grabbed it and obtained it. So my bad on that. I see the dying girl in shock, and um, Astroth has seen a lot of wounds in his time being on battlefields and uh, fallen, you know, uh, knights and, and 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 paladins are known to have their, their natural ability of healing. So Astroth makes a, a quick decision to save the young woman's life. He runs over to her and uh, tries to perform a cure wounds. Or, is that what it's called? As you run up and you're, you know, you, you have your sword to your side and you get on your knees and you're rubbing your hands together and be like, don't worry, this isn't going to hurt that much. And it's really awkward because you don't know how to talk to women. You realize that she's actually not injured. She has no wounds on her body, yet she is covered in blood. When Astroth realizes that there are no visible wounds on her, he lightly grabs onto his sword and slides back as he was on his as he was prone trying to help her. He slides back as the blood slides from under him. Like on his belly? Nope, he's on his knees. Like he was examining her <laughs> like a snake, like a slippery snake. He was on his knees and the blood is pooled around this girl, so as he slides back, he actually slides with the blood hitting the mail of his armor and he scans at her and while holding his sword demands an explanation of where the blood came from. She's just like so much, so much blood. There was so much blood. So much. There was so much blood. Fuck with that bitch. She's she's in shock. She's completely in shock. And she's just repeating herself. So just kind of like staring, no, staring sorry. down at her feet. With, with her... Uh, absolutely being out of it she's she's not um, actually coherent she's more just just speaking gibberish Astroth with his hand on his weapon fires some darts over to uh, the man that Bullrock has subdued and questions him as he seems to be the only rational one in the room as as the family in the corner is just very fearful and uh, 
more defending themselves at this point. He questions the man of what is going on in the room. There was also another, There's so there's the half-elf that had ushered you in to begin with, and then also a very nervous and pacing half-orc man who was um, just kind of darting around, looking in other rooms, uh, branching off from the main room that you guys came in. So I think what I'm, I'm gonna, I think what I'd like to do here is chase chasing that that ranger dream. Uh, I'm gonna try to gather everybody around who seems like they could say something, including this gentleman who I swiped the crossbow from, and I assume I'm standing right next to, and he's still probably pretty upset. Yeah, he sat down right now, and he's like, uh, "Guys, got my fucking crossbow." All right. Dang. Well, I'm gonna try to get like all of the adults in the room to like circle up here, and I'll draw out my smoking pipe and bag of flour and and fill it and throw spark to it and pass it around this group of survivors that I've gathered around us and and try to get a handle on what's really going on, what's what's the situation here, and yeah, what what they can. Ah, it's a friend circle. Just jerking each other Just trying off. to figure out and assess the, the, the occupants and make sure that none of them appear to have been bitten. Doesn't weed bring everybody together? Can I see if, can I see if any of the people around us? <laughs> so, two, two things then. I'm going to have you roll a charisma check to see like how you're vibing with these people. All right. See if everything's going to be honky-dory. And then second roll, I'm going to have you roll for investigation because you're just kind of peeping these these eyes over their bods and uh, just getting a feel to see if anybody's got an infection or some more wound. Alright, right, well uh, I rolled a 19. Uh, my modifier is 0 on charisma though, so I'm coming in with 19. Hot. Okay, so you've got everybody just kind of like yeah, you know, this guy's got it all put together. I think we can kind of... These guys are probably going to be our saviors. I think we're going to make it out alive. Okay. And then what modifier do I roll for uh, on investigation? Your intelligence, I believe. I rolled a seven plus three. Oh, boy. You can see that there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of blood in the building. There's a lot of blood on a lot of people's clothes, cuffs on their pants, their shirts... Um, people have it on their face and their hair. The girl on the floor is just covered in blood. You can't tell if anybody's actually injured. Nobody seems to be really torn up as far as clothing goes. So you can't tell without kind of getting in there and, you know, looking underneath some clothes or asking directly. At least we've got everybody together, right? Astroth, I think maybe do you want to see if you can get, like... I don't know. What do you think? Um... So Astroth looks around and begins to inspect the room and um, realizes that Bullrock kind of has most of the, the sane people in the room pulled in and uh, is, is, is putting them at ease. He begins to listen, and once again he tries to detect any evil around him as there are different rooms connected to the room they're in um, just to make sure that there's no direct threat as he still feels very uncomfortable around his surroundings, and um, him and Bullrock are outnumbered, even though the people appear to be a non-threat. Um, he just wants to kind of sense around, sense the surrounding rooms connected to the room he's in to see 
what lurks behind them. As they're all smoking down on this hot bag of ganj, you peek and see the other rooms of this house. To the southwest, uh, you find a dining hall. Uh, not quite as large as you would imagine for a hall, but big enough to fit like a good family-style buffet, you know, mashed potatoes, stuffing, turkey, and you can go around at least a couple of times. They got bench seating. It's really classy. And then the other room to the north of that seems to be for uh, the kitchen. And you go back up to the north. There's a stairway that leads up to a small office. And then to the east you can see that there is a sitting area with another fireplace. And there's a couple of love seats, mother chairs, um, fire going very dimly. Seems you've been burning for a while. After Astaroth checks all of the rooms, uh, he makes his way back down to the kitchen and opens the 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 the, the pantry in the refrigerator mm-hmm. and all that. So I, I'm trying to think of if they have refrigerators. So refrigerator. Um, it's yeah, it's a really old style where the the lever to turn the light on. Yeah, okay. So it takes a second after you open the door before the light turns on. Yeah. So you know. It's so it doesn't. Model. So it doesn't have the the ice maker in the door. No, not built oh, in. Okay. You have to get the cubes. Bummer. You have to make them yourself. Oh. It actually was called an ice box back then. As he looks into the refrigerator, what? he checks to see. If there's any food where they could uh, eat it to gain strength, if they happen to be trapped in the house for any period of time, um, he knows that there's danger. There, there appears to be danger outside, and so he just wants to make sure if their stay is extended in this house that they have nourishments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're just like peeping the refrigerator, and you're just oh. okay. Up in the freezer, you got three steaks and two frozen full potatoes. Maybe they can use them for like a baked potato. Maybe you can have it for like a, you know, using a potato gun. Frozen potato would be extremely dangerous. Shoot one of those at your neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Astroth um, pulls out a plate of food. It happens to be the cooked meat and and some mm-hmm. of the starch. He, he puts There's a leftover bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken, but it's not covered, and you don't know how long it's been in there. Okay, so there he he knows what to do in this situation. It smells okay. His his dad his dad taught him this one just to make sure um, they've had a couple crazy nights uh-huh. and, and ended up in crazy areas. So um, they've had to eat stuff that was kind of suspect. So he pulls out the food and places the food onto the counter and does the smell check just to be safe. Though he tries to purify the food to make sure it is edible for the people in the other room to eat. Perfect. While this is all going on, uh, Bullrock, I need you to make a constitution saving throw. We're going to see how high in the sky Um, you get from this good, good hobbit grass. I rolled uh, 10 plus 3. Halfling grass. Excuse me. Copyright. Is that both? (laughs) That's some shitty weed, bro. Um, no, it's not, because before you know it, Balrog, you're fucking ripped ass, and all the people that you were just smoking with are gone. They're not in the room with you right now. What? You can actually see the half-orc still pacing around in the same room you're at, and you can see that that girl that was covered in blood is just on her, you know, sitting on the ground with her knees up against her chest, holding herself tight. She's still sitting on the floor. But everybody else is in a separate room. Oh, shit. Where did they go? 
Astaroth, you've got all this food and you've made sure that there's no disease and you've cleansed it for these people. You've been really thought forward with this situation. So you bring out this nice platter of charcuterie or, you know, other um, microwave smoked meats and you see Balrog kind of astonished looking around that no other people that you thought were going to be in this room are Sorry, man, I got too high again. Way to fucking go, Balrock. And everybody took off, and I don't know where they you went. You motherfucker, dude. You got too high, and you fucking lost the group. <sighs> You're like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, man. I swear to God. <laughs> uh, for one, I uh, played in hand. Uh, I have two plates of food in each hand. Um, I walk over to Bullrock, give him a look that he knows that I am not happy that the people uh, left the room without his knowledge as he's too high on his own product. I throw the plates of food down that kind of sit, kind of slam next to where Bullrock's at, and I walk into the other room to try to locate some of the people. Which way are you headed? I'm headed towards the stairs. Going up? Going up. I'm searching upstairs. You can see that the doors still open as you approach the stairs, and out pops that thin David Bowie-looking half-elf. And he says, oh, hey, yeah, um, we're trying to secure this building, the this cabin, and I'm, I'm, I, I think I can channel a ritual, and we're going to keep those things away until sunrise, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get, you know, enough... Uh, back up or those things will just go away i don't think they like to be in the sun i don't know how undead work are they like vampires are they like zombies either way i'm just gonna i'm gonna get this channel uh going channel nine and we're going to get these undead creeps out of here and he's like kind of nervously flailing and he's he's ready to go into this this room <laughs> uh astroth uh notices the flailing and has the whole time that this sketch dude has been around them and wonders how much booger sugar this this person has uh, ingested because they seem pretty wired to say the least pretty excitable just shook up bro i'm just shook up <laughs> wouldn't you be spooky out there <laughs> um so after viewing him and listening to his interjection, Astaroth pushes the man back, gently pushes on his chest and pushes him through the door he just came through, kind of as a, a barrier, an initial barrier walking into the room. Okay, so you're, you're just like kind of like pushing him back security guard style? Yes, to check out the room, but to have something between him and uh the entrance okay yeah he he easily he's like yeah come i mean okay and you poke your head in there and it's just the small office uh and there's a window looking down into the back of the house and you can see that there's books and other things kind of pulled out on the desk it seems like a lot of research material um, you look back in this guy's robes, he seems like he's a very, like, red type, a sorcerer, a wizard, some sort of magician. You think he's got some goods up there, and you see this whole scene laid out, and he's just kind of like this nervous, quirky, just kind of, like, on-edge dude right now. 
Astroth looks around the room and sees all of the material laid out and and sees how the uh, the person with him is dressed and, and, and has noticed him since they've been in the house as someone that is kind of suspicious with putting pressure on his chest in an authoritative matter, manner again questions him and, and this time questions him about the material spread out and uh, what everything means okay um Hmm. So I'm going to tell you something first and you can decide if you want to do something about it. He basically looks right at you and he's like, I'm, I'm reading all of these and I'm trying to figure out there's a lot of lore about rejecting the undead and keeping them away. And if I if I channel this spell, if I if I cast it as a ritual and I concentrate without being interrupted, we could keep these things away until the morning. So he straight up, like, tells you that he's working on, been researching a way to, like, keep these things at bay until morning with magic. Correct. Can I catch my dude up real quick? Yeah, you just, like, jog over and you're just, like, kind of doing that, you know, Garth to Wayne thing where you're just like, hey. I I definitely needed to grab a couple handfuls of the charcuterie (laughs) to just kind of, like, knock the cobwebs out and myself back up to speed. Mm Mm-hmm. Focus. He's talking about zombies. So this this dude thinks that he can dispel zombies with magic. And he looks, you said, I mean, now, like, looking around, there's ample research material. And now, all of a sudden, what once looked a bit like shabby robes perhaps now appear more like a scholarly garb of sorts. And this wienery-looking elf might be a professor of sorts. If this dude was a Hogwarts student, he'd be a Ravenclaw, and you'd be like, oh, I get that. He's just kind of like a wienery wizard, then. Yeah, I guess he's a little wienery, I guess. That's how you want to say it? I don't know. I'm I'm not a, an overachiever of magic by any stretch, but I would say uh, I'm inclined to let this guy give it a shot. What does he need from us? It's like, you just guard that door. And you let me be in here casting this. If anything happens, uh, I mean, it shouldn't. But, I mean, I need to focus on this. And worst case scenario... Does he know where everybody else went first? They are spread throughout. We're trying to cover all the windows, any entrance or exit. Trying to make sure there's nothing that's going to break in. So all these other people are already in on this scheme and are protecting the entrances of the home. You got real high and forgot what they were talking about. And Astaroth was in in totally a different room. I phased out, man. Balrock, why'd you bring the weed, bro? You just got everybody all spaced out. Objectives lost. It's a a diplomatic move. Uh, Fair enough. You're gaining trust. I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. When you've killed, like I've killed, sometimes you need a, a little, you know... Peace offering? A little lullaby. It's a little lullaby at night. <laughs> Quiet the screams enough so I can sleep. And when you say when you've killed what I've killed, you're talking about when Balrock was a little kid, and they're like, we have to eat chicken, so you have to kill the chicken. And he's like, no, Papa, I don't want to do it. I don't want to. Murdered so many chickens. Flashbacks. <laughs> do you know Flashbacks. how many chickens a growing Goliath can eat? As many as a dozen eggs. It's so many chickens. Do you, do you hear the chicken scream? Almost like how Clarice hears the silence of the lambs. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Oh, that's stuff. So Astaroth, um, 
agrees with Balrog. He he thinks that we should let this man at least attempt what he's doing. Um, but watching him with a careful eye, he doesn't want him to be isolated by himself. He suggests to Bullrock that they gather this robed individual, they gather his material, and they, they gather him and bring him back down into the main room because uh, they, you know, Astroth feels that that's the safest. He can see everything around, and it's more of a centralized location. As opposed to the room that has one entrance and exit. Exactly. Exactly. Wow, here. You're a hell of a strategist. We don't want to be barricaded in a room, man. There Are there windows on this second floor? We don't want to be trapped. <laughs> right? There's no fire exit. There's a window looking out the back of the house. So we could always bolt out the window if we had to. You want to be in this little room and you don't know where anybody else is at? I'm looking like at like a recovery mission. Well, these... Mi- I want to get. I thought th- these other people back. are already out at the other entryways to the home, right? No, they're just all kind of scatterbrained because it, it's almost like fucking hungry, hungry hippos. Now we got to go get the white marbles because you got to have all the marbles high. We got we, we got to wrangle these people, or I thought, yeah, th- dude, th- that's I thought what they I'm trying were to do. I'm the whole to... plot, Kyle. Hey, you guys are driving this. You got them fucking high. So I assume that these guys, that these other people, are able-bodied enough that they are also aware that this dude needs to be uninterrupted, right? And so that they are guarding doors and windows throughout the home. My guy might have gotten high and browned out for a second, but he's apparently as smart or smarter than Astaroth. <laughs> dude, Astaroth is highly intelligent. Don't, he's don't, highly. You know, we've, we've got years, but Bullrock better fucking watch it, okay? <laughs> so... <laughs> So you want to drive everybody to the same room, or are you trying to just keep this man separated and alive for the time being? This dude's ready to throw down on a spell. Tell him to get to work. Work. Say work. So you you disagree with moving him down to a central location? Is that what you're kind of saying? I mean, I don't know if he's already set up there and he wants to get all the right books. There, just, just makes I don't sense. Know if I I'm fu- just gonna. I don't know if I fully trust him though. Keep gonna, an eye on him. I'm gonna him, post then. up. I'm going to post up outside the door in the hall and keep an eye on things. Okay. Astaroth, you keep an eye on him from inside the room there and let him go to work. So, Astaroth, you're going to be sitting in the room with him, and then, Balrog, you're going to be on, like, the stairwell? Just on the other side of the door from wherever Astaroth is at. I don't even know if the door is shut. If, if you guys are going to be in the commanding position, I guess you can go either way, whatever you want to get the door to be as... Hey. And he says before you guys, he's like, I really appreciate you guys coming around. My name is Thad. Thad? <laughs> like, My name's Thumper. Thad. Thumper. <laughs> so he starts channeling the spell. Astroth, you're just kind of lurking over him like a freaking weird guy. Mm-hmm. And Balrog, you're at the stairwell just kind of hanging out. Do we notice, like, any effects of, of the spell? Like, how, how will we know if it's if he's successful? Gradually, you've heard some scratching, clawing at windows, but it seems within the last 20 minutes or so that sounds pretty much all stopped. So you look out the window, you can see that there's nothing immediately near the house, but there are lurking eyes. You can see glints and glowing orbs of the retinas in the moonlight in the woods creeping towards and one of them's Michael Jackson ah! 
And this is Thriller. And so, so we are. Uh, it seems like it's it's worked in that there's like like a force field around the the house now, and the undead can't get too close. Balrog, you see this guy, the half orc, just kind of pacing around still, and you and he make eye contact, and it gives you like that kind of <clears throat> nod, grunt, like a hey, or a uh, what are you looking at? Uh, like a like a hey, he's got like a short sword. He doesn't seem to be like super well equipped, but he's he looks reasonably fit. Okay, okay. No, well, I'm gonna return his his nod and and try to uh, wrangle him for a, a quick conversation and ask him what his take on this whole situation is and if uh, if he believes that this magic guy is gonna fix it or if he's got it a better idea uh you and he spark up conversation and he's like i don't know man this is pretty pretty messed up shenanigans we got going on here i don't know how i feel about all this um uh, this is nothing like i've ever seen down on the docks where i used to be a fisherman i used to be a fisherman longshoreman they used to call us because of the size of our penis but we used to fish down on the docks <laughs> <laughs> The drugs are taking hold. <laughs> we just throw our penises right into the water. Cast and away. A piece of bubble Cast gum away. right on the end. <laughs> you know, we'd wait for a nibble. Unreal or in. <laughs> I feel like he didn't say that. Did he actually say that? Yeah, he did say it. He he rambled for a bit. He seems like a dullard. Uh-huh. Okay. So he's a little bit dim. Can I, does it look like his? Uh, he's carrying a little short sword, you said? Yeah. Does it look like the short sword has seen use? Can can this guy, like, he might be a dullard, but does he look like he'd be able to carry himself in a combat situation? Go ahead and investigate. Or if you're looking at him, like, as his physique and his body, go ahead and roll for, a roll for insight. Let's see here. Where is this? What is insight? Insight. Wisdom. Cool. I rolled a six minus one. I mean, everything this guy says seems like he's pretty cool, and you can totally tell that he's your pal after that smoke session you had earlier. All right. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh yeah, your name's Axel. You're fucking. This dude's I sweet. This guy. Astroth, you met this guy yet? He fucking slaps. <laughs> he looks to get high too, man. And he he's got a huge penis, according to him. <laughs> he didn't show me or anything, but yeah, they call me a Mario brother because I lay pipes so much. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Stupid fucking Goliath. <laughs> uh, you picked him. I can't unknow things, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I can't unknow things, so I might have not gained any information there, but I certainly didn't lose the shit I've learned thus far. I just browned out for a second. You and that good, good weed. Uh. <laughs> Alright, so Bullrock uh, gained no knowledge he, from this dip. Yeah, he, he seems like a cool seems dude. Seems like he's not a threat, at least. Yeah, well. I don't know, man. I'm just hanging out down here, you know? Yeah, you see the girl kind of like sh shaking back and forth, and you guys are just hanging out. You hear from the east side of the house just a scream, just blood curdling from the other side. 
Oh boy. Forgot what was over there. Because <laughs> you could just blitz. It's a ballroom blitz. Ballroom blitz. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Ballroom blitz. Uh. Astroth. Yes, sir. How how we how's it coming up there with the uh what what what's uh, what do you want to do here? Um well since I'm kind of guarding uh this guy and making sure he's not doing anything too funny, you know. He's he is rubbing his nipples while he's casting this, and it's making the room really weird, but he's not doing anything wrong. Okay. Um So Astaroth kind of wants to investigate more. He doesn't know how much magic is actually helping, uh, you know, their situation. So he kind of wants to start to question this guy of where he learned these spells and this magic that is, uh, quote unquote, keeping them safe. He starts to interrogate them or him. He gives you like a really annoyed look and he's like, do you not understand what focusing is? And he like does like the Undertaker thing where his eyes roll up into the back of his head, and he's like, uh, 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 "I'm focusing on concentration." So the guy is Randy. So that sounded exactly like Randy. So this guy's Randy, is what you're saying. She's <laughs> got an edge all the, all night long. <sighs> he's edging for the well, entire night. Astroth feels like uh, it's it's getting a little weird, you know his 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 conjuring and uh, of that. So he wants to <laughs> be outside of the bubble to where any projectiles could hit him or any uh, sticky ectoplasmic residue. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's feeling weird about. Yeah, he's just um, outside of the, the dead eye cum shot zone. Guy. He he feels at this point, he's not really a threat to him. It it he hasn't seen any quick movement from him or anything that would suggest that he's gonna uh, do harm to them. So he gathers himself and steps out of the room to kind of uh, investigate the sound with Volrock. Uh, you know, they make eye contact and and see who wants to go investigate the sound to the east. Yeah, so we both jog over there. You make a jaunty hop as you go towards the other side of the house, and you see in the sitting room the the family uh, with the husband backing away and just screaming. He's like, no, no, goddammit, no, oh, God, no, as the little boy has now sunk his teeth and claws into the mother pulling her down to the ground and start just tearing her flesh, digging in with these jagged, stale-looking nails and viscera just bleeding out into this wood floor. Fuck yeah. Fucking A, dude. You just blew my buzz up. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna leap across the room and ram my short sword directly into the top of the skull of the little boy. Oh, fuck, bro. 